It's been a great day, as you already said, though, Ryan. It has been a great day. <clears throat> uh, first of all, shout out to just the uh, sports information staff at CU, mm -hmm. uh, and especially Curtis Snyder for setting it up yep. for us to be able to talk to these guys. And also Coach Prime, because <clears throat> not all coaches allow their assistants to have press conferences with the media. Right. Um, especially in these situations where you don't have to do it. So uh, a really cool opportunity provided to us today to not just talk to the coordinators, which sometimes you get the opportunity to, mm -hmm. but to talk to most of the offensive staff. Yep. Tons of takeaways. I mean, Brewster was Coach Brew 100%. Yep. Uh, Coach Boyle, we hear a lot about how quiet that guy is, but we got a lot of information from him. Um, we'll get into it all, but first we have news on the recruiting front in terms of the transfer portal. The Buffs got another wide receiver, Ryan. I don't know if it's the big one we were talking about, but it's a notable one nonetheless. Yes. Um, an interesting, just interesting timing altogether on this. Mm -hmm. um, I almost would have thought that it would have been like a package deal with him and Jimmy Horn. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, the two of them, very effective for a South Florida team last year that was really bad. And it kind of goes back to something I said yesterday, which was if you took the five best players from every bad team in the country and made a new team with them, right. uh, you would have a great team. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not what the Buffs are doing here. But just because South Florida was bad does not mean that Jimmy Horn uh, and uh, Xavier Weaver were not beasts. And to be, to be fair, they produced quite a bit mm -hmm. with very questionable quarterback play. Yep, for sure. Uh, Weaver actually led USF in receiving last year. It wasn't yep. Jimmy Horn. Uh, he's listed at 6'1", 170. So, I mean, we always talked about the big receiver, and that's what they were looking for. I mean, you get a little size, but it seems like we're just doubling down on speed and athleticism. Totally. Uh, combined... Last season, Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver, Weaver, 90 receptions, 1,269 yards, and nine touchdowns. I think you can do better than that with Shador Sanders at quarterback this year. I think so, too. He's going to be weaving in and out of uh, coverages. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you have a horn pun, too? Um, I could. It might be not be as appropriate. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, Xavier Weaver. Jimmy pun, too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, going back to 2019, which is when Xavier Weaver was a recruit uh, out of Orlando, Christian Prep, Orlando, Florida, uh, ranked 1,936 nationally. But the guy can play ball, man. Yeah, he can. He can. Uh, again, curious to see what the services um, have to say about him as a transfer. Because Jimmy Horn was a four-star transfer, right? Um, if you give me a minute, I will find out for sure. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that Jimmy Horn was a four-star transfer, uh, at least by on three. Because mm. I remember them. Remember they made a video where they said he was like the number one right. transfer wide receiver? Yeah. Uh, so I thought they, they really coveted him. I was going to say, if he's a four-star receiver and he, you know, produced more in the same offense, uh, that, you know, that says a lot. Uh, and maybe you get another four-star transfer wide receiver out of him. So pulling it up right now, Jimmy Horn is rated as a... You were really aggressive with that original scroll. Well, I, I thought he was down near the bottom <laughs> because he was one of the first ones, but I don't see his name now. Do they not have Command F on that old... Oh, I do have Command F. Okay. Thank you for reminding me how technology works. <laughs> uh, all right. He doesn't show up on the page. He's not on there. So. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. All right. I tried. That's um, great. But this receiving core, man, it's getting pretty stacked. These are just the headliners for the receiving core. Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, Jordan Tyson, Montana Lamonius Craig, Chase Sewell, and then you have incomers Adam Hopkins, O'Marion Miller, Asad Wasim, uh, now Xavier Weaver. I mean, there's Jacob Page also. There's tons of other guys on the roster that have said or shown some promise at times. Uh, Ty Robinson, Grant, uh, who else? Grant Page, is that another one? Jacob Page? Jacob Page is a recruit. Right. But he's is he a wide receiver? I yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And quickly, Jimmy said, where can I see this press conference? Anyone? I think it'll be up on the Buffs TV channel mm -hmm. at some point today. Unfortunately, we were actually hoping to cut up some clips and show them on here. Um, we just didn't get the file in time for the show, and we knew you guys would be upset if we made you wait. Yeah, but we'll probably maybe play some clips of it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and circle back around to some of it because there's an hour of stuff 
we're probably not going to be able to talk about every single quote today. Um, but I do want to point out, we were one of, what would you say, eight media in there asking questions? Yeah, couldn't have been more than 10, I don't think. So. Uh, and, and I just think that's cool. Obviously, there's a lot of places um, doing YouTube content right now, and everyone brings something different. Uh, and, and I appreciate everyone who's kind of rode with us to this point. I'm excited for stuff like this where we have, uh, you know, an, another level of access to this stuff or as we get closer to spring practices and things like that, where we can kind of show our value in different ways in terms of, you know, um, having access to the coaches and to the players and hopefully to the practices. Yeah, very special opportunity. Hopefully we get a few more. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was it's very different in the old press conference room. I don't not even the old press conference room, the usual press conference room right. as opposed to being in the touchdown club mm -hmm. when there's like a hundred fifty people in there. Where are they gonna do do you think they're still gonna do post game press conferences in that room? That so I asked someone today and it, I think that's what they're trying to work out, but I mean, who knows? You saw today what it was like and that wasn't even the full like it wasn't scrum. It wasn't full by any means today, but I wouldn't call it uh, spacious. Right. So you add in ESPN and mm -hmm. you know Sports Illustrated and all the other you know every news outlet in Colorado is going to be interested in the games. I think they're going to need a bigger room. Maybe in the Touchdown Club a lot more this year. Yeah, but the Touchdown Club is used during the games. Yeah. I don't know. You got to figure it out. Um, let's talk about the press conference, but before, shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The Nuggets play tonight? The Nuggets finally play tonight. Let's go. Do we know I who they're right playing? As, right as we finish this show, they play. Um, Might need actually, to get some bets in. There you go. Okay, so I got it. They're playing the Cavs. All right, there in we go. In Cleveland, we have the Cavs as three-point favorites. We love to see that. It also means we're probably going to get good value on Nikola Jokic props, which yep. I'm literally going to bet right now. Um, Nuggets money line? Nuggets money line parlayed with Joker triple-double. There you go. Shout out to DraftKings Nuggets Sportsbook. Nuggets undefeated, by the way, when Joker gets a triple-double. Even better. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code DMVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, shout out to our friends at JiveHive. JiveHive is a virtual dispensary on wheels who can deliver to you wherever you may be, if you're at your job and you want a discreet delivery for your weed, Jive Hive's got you covered. Uh, they also have low pricing and convenient options to get that weed to you. Just check out jivehive.com, that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Put your address in there and see if you are in their delivery area. Um, you can schedule a delivery or you can get it delivered same day. Jive Hive now serving in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E dot -E -E com. Don't drive, jive hive. Plus 260 on Nuggets win, Joker triple-double. Love it. Free money? Buffs play tonight, too. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Forgot about that. Buffs are playing right now, actually. The women's. Women's, yes. Uh, I believe they're ranked number 21 in the country. In I'm a big fan Stanford, of uh, J.R. Payne, the coach there. Yeah. She is a badass. She's got a hell of a program going, and she gets Shelomai Sanders next year, too. Exciting. Um, yeah, Buffs basketball tonight against USC. That'll be fun. Let's talk about this press conference. Do we just start and go down the order? With yeah, let's try. I mean, there's a lot to remember. There here. is, yeah. Uh, which is why I'm excited uh, to kind of go back through it and see some of the clips later today and then mm -hmm. come back with some more tomorrow. For sure. Um, also, guys, get your questions in now and hit that thumbs up button while you're at it. We'll get to your questions at the end of the show. All right, Sean Lewis. Um, first off, really tall. Really tall. <laughs> um, but he is fired up to be there, and uh, he even had little moments where he was like sentimental about Kent State, talked about the decision to leave, said it was very, very tough, one of the toughest decisions he ever had to make. Um, but he's happy, and he's not even watching film yet. Yeah, that was a really interesting thing that he said. And, and in fact, he made it seem like he doesn't ever want to watch film. Yeah. Uh, not uh, of... <laughs> 
ever, ever. Right. He doesn't want to watch film on players on the roster this year of what they were doing last year. And I thought it was a really interesting um, philosophy that he had on this. He essentially said, I want to evaluate these guys off of what they can do in my offense. Yep. I don't want to evaluate them off of what they were doing last year because I don't know how they were being coached. Right. I don't know what the techniques they were being taught. I don't know anything about what, what was going on last year. So I don't want to see – he didn't say this directly, but what he was essentially saying is I don't want to see film of a guy playing like shit and then just have this thought in my mind that he can't right. play. Mm -hmm. um, you take the guys you have. You put them out there in spring practice, and not to mention you also have fall camp. He's going to get a chance to – how many spring practices are there? Uh, I think it's like 14 or okay, something so like that. you get 14 there and then what, like another 20 for the fall? Yeah, you he's get, what, see, a month and a half? Yeah, so maybe even more. Uh, he's going to get to see these guys practice, let's say, upwards of 40 times. Right. Doing what he wants to do. So he wants yes. to be able to make his own decisions on how these guys fit based off of what he's doing here. Uh, and I think that's really cool. And, and what a great – opportunity for the players who were on this team last year oh yeah um you know we've talked about how there are talented kids on this team last year and because of him saying that they have a clean slate mm -hmm. so they don't have to worry about i'll say it even though i said i never want to hear it again they don't have to worry about one and one and eleven and how that reflected on them as a player all they have to worry about is with this playbook this coaching staff impress them and earn your way in uh, I asked Sean Lewis kind of where he got the influences and the, um, I guess, his mentors in terms of forming his offense. He talked a lot, a lot about Dino Babers at Syracuse. Yes. Um, and, of course, I mean, he was co-OC and quarterback's coach there, so he had his hands in that offense. But that's a, been a really, really fast offense, just lightning quick. And Dino Babers comes off the Bryles tree? Is that right? Let me look it up. I think so. I think he was Baylor. He is, yep, Baylor from 2008 to 2011. Okay, so, what yeah. about before that? Before that, UCLA. Okay. He's been a lot of places. <clears throat> yep, I think the offense that they were running there was very Baylor-based, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you're seeing you know, uh, from Sean Lewis as well. Um, and I talked about that you know, triple option that they were running with Robert Griffin with the wide receiver out in the flat. You can hand it off the quarterback and keep it, or you can sling it out there to the flat. It's it's an impossible thing to defend. Right. Um, so that's you know one of the base core principles of that is just forcing the defense to make choices and exploiting whatever choice they decide to make. You're going to play 10 yards off. We're going to sling it out to Dylan, Dylan Edwards in the slot. Yep. Uh, you want to play up tight? Guess what? We're going deep to Jimmy Horn. It's just it's simple stuff. But it's important for it to be simple at this level. Mm -hmm. um, and it really is, if you have a quarterback that you trust, just go get it. Yep. Just trust your eyes, trust your instincts, and go play. Um, and, and I asked Coach Lewis, what makes a great play caller? What, what's the difference between a good player and a, and a great play caller? And he actually kind of switched it around to what, what, what makes a good offensive coordinator and a bad off offensive coordinator. Because the big thing he mentioned was scheming to your players. Yep. You got to be able to scheme to your players, um, and you know he said I think in coaching sometimes we get so rigid and this is what we do and this is how we want to attack teams that we forget, or we move away from well what is this player who's going to be on the field for me when push comes to shove what does he do well not what do I call well what does he do well and he and he pointed directly to it like you need to know when you need a big conversion on third and six at the end of the game. What does the guy that I want to get the ball here do best? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that. And that was like music to my ears. Yeah. And I think a lot of coaches talk about this, but it was clear at Kent State that he really practiced what he preached there and, and figured out ways to get players the ball in spaces, in positions that they can do damage. Yeah, I think uh, just on that, I don't think Sean Lewis designs an offense or calls an offense based on his ego or anything it's truly about the players what they do well trying to put them in positions to succeed um he was a former player at wisconsin and he also talked about brett bielema and just how being at wisconsin kind of formed his offensive philosophy and it comes through when you watch kent state because they do have that baylor stuff but yeah. man they love to pound the rock too and it's really like the merging of that baylor spread and the wisconsin just kind of ram it down your throat offensive style yep oh also i think this is the first time anyone here is seeing studio b 
Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, or at least a lot of people. So, yes, not a new room. This is, um, since there's a Nuggets game starting soon, they are in Studio A. We are in Studio B. Henry and I did a podcast in here, like, I think one or two podcasts before Coach Prime was hired. Wow. Yeah. We got 50 viewers. We were like, yes, this is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, next coach, that was Gary Harrell. Oh, yes. Uh, Gary Harrell, Gary Harrell, of course, has been with Coach Prime at Jackson State, was the interim head coach there. That's what I wanted to ask him. I didn't get a chance to ask that question, but I wanted to know what he learned kind of as an interim head coach. He was the head coach at Howard University for a while. Um, HBCU lifer, really. Yeah, for real. Uh, he told us where Flea came from, too. Yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> Essentially said... Uh, he got it was college, right? Mm, I think he said high school. I think he originally said high school, then he said college. So oh, okay. I was confused. We'll say high school. Uh, he got sent back at what? What do you say? Five, six, one hundred and fifty pounds. Yep. To go return a punt, he took it to the house. The coach said, "Do it again." He took the second one to the house, and he said, "One of the coaches turned to the assistant and said, we got a flea on our hands.'" <laughs> uh, and it just stuck with him ever since, which yep. is just an it's a great nickname. Yep. Um, he talked about he was asked kind of like lead back versus running back by committee. Um, he mentioned guys like Deion Smith, Hankerson by name. Yep. Um, I don't know if he mentioned Kvassier, Smoker, Dylan Edwards, uh, but it really seems like it's going to be a true committee, and that's not surprising to me. He did say you prefer to have a bell cow. Right. But essentially said with the speed that we want to go and Coach Lewis wants to go, uh, which everyone touched a little bit on the speed that Coach Lewis wants to go, mm-hmm. Um you're going to have to keep guys fresh and rotate them in and out. And we know you're you, to be honest, you can't really do the bell cow back in college anymore because you'll lose guys, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to get guys on the field or else they'll just transfer. Of course, if you have Derek Henry or someone right. in your backfield, yeah. like let them transfer. But, uh, for the most part, you, I can't think of a, a team in the country this year that did bell cow. Yeah. Even like Zach Charbonnet is sharing carries. Right, right. Travis Dye, even when he was getting like 20 carries a game, you would see a bunch of other backs coming yep. in. Austin Jones, I think, is the other one. Um, anything else from Gary Harrell? Um, just, I mean, uh, he said something that I, I found to be, you know, yesterday I talked about not letting ego um, mm-hmm. get in the way of, uh, of your dreams and goals. Um, and he said something that I found to be uh, really on, along those lines, which was... He gravitated to Coach Brian because he said, in this business, you have, there are people who can take you places that you probably can't take yourself. Yep. Uh, and Coach Prime was that person to him. Uh, and, and again, like you put ego aside uh, and just do the best thing, you're going to end up in great positions. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's been elevated uh, now, and I bet you uh, he'll have another chance to be a head coach at some point. Um, but just the fact that he was, you know, he just said like coach prime could take me places that I couldn't take myself. Right. Shout out DCB channel for dropping the CU score in the chat for us. Um, oh, also Gary Harrell sleeping giant reference. Yes. Yes. I wanted to ask him about that, but it was pretty quick. We got about 10 minutes with yeah. each coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both, I think you got two questions in on a couple, but it was pretty much one and done. Yeah. If that on most of these coaches. I, but I wanted to ask him like if, if if he can feel what's happening as the sleeping giant is awakening because he used that term. And I think when you talk about sleeping giant, you talk about the program, but also the fan base. Mm-hmm. And I just see like you're just seeing buffs gear everywhere now and just the way people are talking about it. And like I, I want to know if they can feel from inside the building what's happening outside the building yeah. from a fan base perspective. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get an opportunity to talk to them again soon. Yep. Um, next guy, Bill O'Boyle. Um, a guy who's been talked about as being quiet, doesn't say too much, but I really enjoyed listening to him speak today. The surprise of the press conference? Just in terms yeah. of like, you know, we saw his video. He's like, I'm not, I don't really talk much. Proud to be your coach. Right, Bye. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just wasn't expecting much from him. And uh, we have a video of a kind of our take, our quick takeaways that's going to go out on the channel a little bit later. But I mentioned mm-hmm. in there, like, he maybe didn't have the longest answers, but they felt so well thought out and, you know, um, just really honest and pure thoughts. Yep. 
Um, if I can pat myself on the back, I felt he talked about Savion Washington for like two minutes when yes. I asked him about yes. it. Um, he really likes him, man. Like he loves that guy. He said he was holding his breath, hoping that Savion would come to Colorado with him and Sean Lewis. Of course, that didn't. And up holding happening. his breath that Savion would stay at Kent State when they were there. Yeah. Um, and he also said his development curve is still climbing. Uh, sounds like the Buffs really got a special tackle in Savion Washington. Yeah, and I mean we saw it right away when we watched the yep. the Sean Lewis uh, film. And you know what else we saw when we watched the Sean Lewis film was how important offensive line play is to this offense. Mm -hmm. And I asked uh, Coach Ob essentially. He said this is a really fun offense for offensive linemen, and I think that's true. You know, he mentioned pulling out to a corner from the left side all the way to a right corner and just getting to mow them down. Yep. Uh, pulling from a guard to a safety and just getting to run these guys over. Like, that is fun for those guys rather than, as he described it, pushing forward three yards and running back to the huddle. Mm -hmm. Like, these guys get to go. Um, but I said to him, like, you use the word fun. When I watch it, I, I see demanding. Yeah. Um, you know, do you agree with that? And he essentially said, well, I don't know if demanding is the right word, but it requires big-time athletes um, and a, a love of the grind. Because especially, and he said it, there's a lot of work to do with these guys. Mm -hmm. The number one thing that they're going to have to do is get in shape. Yep. Offensive linemen in most offenses don't run nearly as much as these guys are going to. Mm -hmm. Um and I think the combination of that pace along with the altitude, along with forcing these offensive linemen to get in incredible shape, if you get that done, this is going to be an even more scary weapon. Because you know who doesn't want to run around like that? Defensive linemen. And is not being trained to pull and run and go like that? Those guys are going to be gassed come fourth quarters when you know they've been trying to get out to the edge and chase down these pulling guards and tackles uh, and of course the ball carrier mm -hmm. all game long so i thought it was really fascinating just him talking about um how much he loves this offense uh and and how while it might be demanding he didn't say it it's also really fun yeah um <clears throat> you kind of mentioned it the quote they got a lot of work to do was when he was asked about Colorado yep. offensive linemen from last year that are still on the roster. Yep. Uh, that was an interesting quote. Um, what else? I thought someone said a comment. I, oh, I, Tyler Brown. Tyler Brown is he's working these guys in these like tug of war drills that they're oh, doing yeah. and well off. Yep. He's going to be a stud yep. for Bill O'Boyle. Defense dominated this last one. I think the one before that, the offense dominated. Yep. Um, another thing Bill O'Boyle said that I found to be an incredible feather in the cap of Sean Lewis. Uh, was Sean called him uh -huh. when he knew about the interest from Coach Prime and just said, what do you think of Colorado? And Coach O'Boyle said, I don't care where you're going, I'm going with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he just said, like, what an honor it is to coach with Sean Lewis. And, I mean, this is a dude who – Sean Lewis is a young guy. Yeah. Bill O'Boyle has been almost in coaching for as long as yeah. Sean Lewis has been on this earth. For sure. And for him to speak – about Sean Lewis in a way that sounds like, I don't know, um, like a, a young coach coaching under Mike Shanahan. Mm -hmm. Like that was the level of praise he had for Sean Lewis. Um, and those two are essentially, in my opinion, a match made in heaven. Like the way that OB gets those guys running this offense. Yep. Uh, I think they kind of have to be a package deal. Yep. Um, Bill O'Boyle, 59 years old. Sean Lewis, 36. Yeah. you got to be a pretty damn good football coach to have someone almost 25 years older than you respect willing to you follow at, you like that. Yeah, And respect you at that level. For sure. Uh, next up, Brett Bartoloni. Um, talked a lot about Mike Leach. And, you know, of course, that was huge in getting him the OC gig at Jackson State last year. Um, also talked a lot about Jordan Tyson. Uh, what else did he talk about? Shador Sanders. Shador, of course, yes. Uh, and that was my favorite part. Yep. Um, he said Shador has the best arm talent of anyone he's been around at this level. Pointed to Carson Strong as a guy that he 
He had a cannon, by the worked way. Worked alongside. Carson Strong basically only had a cannon. Yeah, literally. Like, and and he, he said it's the best, and he's worked with Carson Strong. So he's saying he has more arm talent uh, than Carson Strong, mm-hmm. which is high praise. He said he can work every single part of the field. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about, I think, Shador's IQ, which he mentioned as well. But he just wanted to talk about the arm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is high praise mm-hmm. for Shador. And he certainly does have that arm talent. And I think he's he maybe hasn't even peaked uh, in terms of where that arm is, is going to be by the time he reaches the NFL. Uh, and I'm just excited to see how Coach Lewis, Coach Prime, Shador – decide to use that arm talent to exploit defenses. Yeah, uh, Coach Lewis actually talked about Shador, too. I don't remember exactly. I mean, it was like the first one of the first questions. So uh, that kind of got lost. About Jordan Tyson, though, I thought he had a great quote about him. This isn't a complete quote. You'll hear the whole thing when it is released. But basically, he said, Jordan Tyson is a phenomenal player. We look forward to getting him back in the fall. Uh, The talent level is there. It's just a matter of getting him acclimated to the new system. Yep, and said he's disappointed that he's not going to be able to participate in the spring, which we expected. Right. Um, But did point to hopefully getting him back in the fall. Yeah. Um, And he sounded confident in that. Yep. Uh, Coach Sanford sounded confident when he told us last year that he would be ready for the season. Um, So it sounds like everything's going well there. Uh, Are we ready to go to Brewster? I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, Then our guy, man, Tim Brewster walks up and... As advertised, man. Uh, I asked him why he thinks he's such a great recruiter. He went into a whole spiel about how he so loves good. recruiting. Um, and that it's all the other, the one you're going to talk about in a second mm-hmm. is going to be the answer that gets all the, you know, headlines and video clips. Right. Uh, the, his answer to your question was my favorite. Uh, talking about relationships, though, and how you need to get not only the player, but the family on board, make the player excited to see your name pop up when you call them. Uh, I, I get it. I totally get it. And uh, I'd run through a wall for that guy. I would too. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've talked about how people are dunking on him for the stand-up sit-down video. And uh, he talked about that and just essentially said, like, I don't, I don't you need to have pride in being a Colorado Buffalo. I mean, yep. he's speaking to my soul when he says something <laughs> like that. And he just said, like, when I, said, when I told those boys to stand up the first time, I didn't feel like they were proud of the gear and the in the logo on their chest, so I made them do it again. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he said, "I just love this game so much that yeah. I have so much pride and passion for this stuff, and I, I I need these players to have pride and passion." And he essentially said, "You know, this this whole game is about relationships, um, and if you can make sure that these kids know that you care about them and you care about their families, then they're going to give you their heart and soul, and that's." What I task myself with every day is making sure these guys know I care about them. And I just know being in a room with that guy, like he really does care about him. Mm-hmm. And I know that those players can feel it too. Um, when he like gave his opening statement, I guess he had this quote, the process has begun in bringing the Colorado Buffaloes back to relevance in college football. Um, he also said about coach prime, what truly gets me fired up, fired up about this guy is his tremendous football intellect. Yes. I think it's another thing that the people who don't get why Coach Prime is having so much success or don't like it are missing. He is a football savant. Mm-hmm. I, and I just don't think people understand that. Yeah, Like, I don't know. I don't know why, but he understands every facet of the game at the highest degree. He He has a what a doctorate mm-hmm. in football and he's able to apply that to his coaching and it just absolutely shines through in, in why he's had so much success and um F- coach flea was asked uh you know what he's like to be around during times of adversity and he right, said, well, right. you, don't, you don't love to be around him but the number one thing that i learned from coach prime uh when he faces adversity is he figures out what went wrong and he is so fast at fixing it Mm -hmm. um and you know that again is just another like feather in in his cap of what makes him special um but going back to what what coach brewster said he really is he's a football genius 
Um, and he also, Coach Brew also mentioned that combination of old school and new school. Yes. And I think this is the core at the core of what is what is making Coach Prime so great. Mm-hmm. He understands all of the new age stuff, all the new era. He is the king of marketing when it comes to football. He's done it as a player, and now he's doing it as a coach. He gets that part. But he also has this old school mentality that Coach Brew talked about, which works for a coach. Now, you can't be so old school that you're out of touch with the new stuff. He's fully in touch with that. But he has this old school mentality, and he'll tell you that he's that way. Um, that just works for football coaches. It has, you know, all the way back to Vince Lombardi mm-hmm. um, of a, a disciplinarian, a guy who does not take shit from anyone uh, and is not going to accept anything less than your best day in and day out. Yep. Um, to go back to what you said about Coach Harold, though, and how Coach Prime is on the, the sidelines, I love how he talked about the composure of Coach Prime and, like, the tough moments, um, like, late in the games – when things are coming down to the wire and how coach acts on the sidelines, um, it's very calm and it reassures kind of everyone on the team. Are you ready, Alyssa, to throw up this tweet? We got this, uh, Ryan got this video of Coach Brew. So, so let me set the stage yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. Coach Brew is asked about the stand up, sit down video or whatever, and he's kind of laughing about it, like, oh, is that what you're talking about? Because yeah. it was kind of danced around. Um, and so he stands up. As he's giving his answer, and I'm like looking around, I'm like, I have to get this. So you don't hear the whole thing. Yep. This was after he jumped out of his chair and started <laughs> preaching uh, on the subject. Whenever you're ready. Be excited about where you are. We're not walking oh, softly. Okay? We're Can bringing it with every single it, thing we got. Okay? You know. That's how it ended, man. <laughs> I'm waiting to say we're here too, Coach Brew. Yeah. Uh, and I feel very safe uh, in the hands of people like yep. uh, Coach Brew and Coach Prime and Coach Flea and Coach Lewis and, and Coach OB and uh, all the guys who talked today, Coach Bartoloni. They know there is a different energy in that building. Oh, you yeah. You got to experience it a little bit last year. <laughs> I. You know, I've been uh, in and out of there mm-hmm. since 2012. It's there's nothing like it. There's it's incomparable. Obviously, coaches can say things all the time, right? Any coach could go up there and say, "We coming," right? You can tell these guys mean it. Oh yeah. Uh, and I loved what what Sean Lewis said because he was asked a, a funky question about. How much of your success on offense is going to be you not wanting to disappoint Coach Prime? Mm-hmm. And I loved his answer. He said, no one is going to hold me to a higher standard than I am. Yep. And I believe him. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe him. But Coach Prime has brought that standard and laid it out for everyone, everyone in the building. And I don't think anyone, it even crosses their mind to dip below the standard. Yep. It's the impact of having a pro football Hall of Famer, college football Hall of Famer as your head coach, man. It's the trickle-down effect of his greatness and what he expects is absolutely real. Let's get to your guys' questions. But before that, shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. DMVR and Breckenridge Brewery have teamed up to give away some lucky DMVR fans the ultimate game day experience for the Avs and the Nuggets. 
First game uh, coming up pretty soon, March 9th. It's a Thursday. The Avs are taking on the LA Kings. We're giving away two tickets for Section 102, Row 5. Justin said it was close enough that you can smell the players. Wow. From that, from uh, those seats. Is this, this is hockey? Yes. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you also get Lexus Club access, parking pass, DMVR gear. And then on March 30th, which is a Thursday, the Nuggets will be taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Two tickets, courtside row two, Lexus Club access, parking pass, DMVR gear. Head on over to thedmvr.com slash sweeps and complete the form to enter. Must be 21 years or older. Links are also in the show description, and winners will be selected one week before each game. And then shout out to the American Raptors at Infinity Park. If you are an elite athlete who didn't feel that you got the opportunity you deserve, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Uh, the American Raptors have just moved into the new Columbia Rugby Federation uh, all their games are available for free, whether you want to go to them or stream them. Just head on over to their website at AmericanRaptors.com. Shout out to those guys. All right. 156 likes week. Come on, 200. Easy yep. money today. Got to get easy gotta money. Get 200 today. at least. Yes, for the, sure. What happened to the 500 days? I know, man. They're coming back. The salad days. <laughs> Soon enough. All right. What do we got here? Sterling, who do y'all think will earn more playing time, Hopkins or Miller? So that is Adam, Adam Hopkins, Hopkins and Omarion Miller. Yep. <sighs> Which one did you like more? On tape, I liked Hopkins better. Me too. Um, just sharper at this point in his career, I think. Um, and sharpness, I think, goes a long way uh, at that position. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of players play. Mm-hmm. especially at wide receiver and running back. Um, but I got I got co- more college-ready vibes from watching Adam Hopkins' tape. Yep, I agree. Um, I don't want to say he's more explosive than O'Mary Miller, but I think O'Mary Miller is a lot more like smooth. Um, it looks more effortless for him, but I think you got to go with the more explosiveness in Hopkins at this point. Quickly, we'll see, though. Quickly, I want to address a back and forth that's going on in the comments right now. Okay. Which is essentially, some people are saying CU still has good players. Other people are saying, well, if they don't, if they have good players, why are they bringing in so many transfers? I think both things can be true. Yes. There are good players on the roster mm-hmm. who are still going to be here. Unfortunately, as it stands right now with 95 players, there are still some players on this roster who probably don't belong here for sure anymore. Um, and it can also be true that this roster needed a massive overhaul Mm -hmm. to get to a talent perspective or to a talent standpoint where they can compete in the Pac-12 conference at the top of it. For sure. So I think I I see the conversation. I just think we're being too black and white on on the subject here. There is a gray area in between there, whereas good players on the roster, yes, not nearly enough, and way too many bad players or players who aren't good enough. I I feel bad calling them bad. They're college football players at the Power 5 level. They're much better than most people will ever be at football. That being said, not good enough for where they want to go. Some of them were just obvious. Like Jordan Tyson can obviously play at a high-caliber Power 5 level. I mean, Van Wells can do the same. We're talking about, you know, getting behind Oregon. Right. You know, uh, on that defense. Um, Christian Gonzalez. Yes, yes. He cooked Christian Gonzalez. First-round pick. Um, He returned a punt for a touchdown. Uh, against Arizona State late like, in the game that almost made CU like win the game yeah it gave them a shot for sure so all all sides of that argument I think can be true for sure um also scholarship update I think we're up to 95 now yeah. with uh Weaver <laughs> writings on the wall Some people gotta go writings on the wall I mean you're looking around the room right you're in the locker room if you don't know who it is, it's you. Yep, it's one of those situations. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, it's kind of awkward. I don't know. I don't. I, this is gonna end probably in a. There's probably gonna be another athletic article about this. Of you know, they did the whole thing of like the poor players who yeah. Coach Prime didn't want to bring, um, which like I feel for those guys. At the same time, it's just like it's a different, it's a different program now. Yeah. Uh, so there'll probably be another thing about the the players Colorado have pushed out. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, there is a, an article that someone sent me that kind of breaks down how new coaches. I don't want to speak on this too much because I don't know all the details, but essentially, coaches 
first time first year coaches can make 10 players that were previously under scholarship and kind of not take away their scholarship, but give it to another player <laughs> to work out the numbers. But that player, if they stay at Colorado, still gets like the value of the scholarship, like to go to school and stuff. I don't know. I'll need to send you the link. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln Riley had it work in last year, though, and there were some examples in there. So, so. essentially, like, you can keep the scholarship. It's basically like they're giving you... I don't want to say they give you an extra 10 scholarships, but you basically have 10 scholarships that can... I don't know, are maneuverable, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to read that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Uh, next question. From Travis, y'all see the Coach Prime vid where he spoke to the CU Law students? I did not yet. I saw that Darius posted that video and reached the people. It's like 30 minutes, though. So uh, I'll uh, get into uh, it at some commitment. point. Yeah. Um, what was I just thinking? Oh, someone in the comments said, um, Thunder and Lightning, Smoke and Edwards, mm -hmm. which made me think, what about Smoke and Fire? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Edwards fire. There you go. Um, they, that's got to be a nickname, man. Yeah, for sure. There's a, Dylan Edwards and Kvasier uh, Smoke is a pretty decent combo. So I love them, and and that's you know the first name mentioned by Brett Bartoloni today was uh, Dion Smith. Yeah, when he was asked about his uh, or no, that was Coach Harrell. Coach Harrell, yeah, yeah, was he he talked about Dion Smith, mm -hmm. first name that came out of his mouth when talking about the players at that position. Love that guy. Uh, next question. Uh, from Chad, RK and Jake, you think after spring we're going to get Shane Hooks? I mean, the dude's hanging out in the portal. Um, maybe he has to graduate to actually transfer. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. I like Shane Hooks on tape for what it's worth. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Angela asked, Jake and RK, Bama let Brandon Miller play last night. Uh, he brought the gun. What does this say about Bama? We know Coach Prime would have said hell no. Oh, man, that whole situation, man. What a for lack of a better term, clusterfuck. Dude scored 40 points last night, too, and was, like, legitimately the best player on the floor. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, like, a top three pick. Yeah. If this legal stuff doesn't come back, I mean, I I cannot say I'm, like, well-versed on the subject. I just kind of caught yeah. up on it yesterday because I saw a bunch of tweets about it, and so I was like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. um, but the quotes from Nate Oates were so weird. Yeah, man. If he really brought the gun to... The, the scene that was used to kill someone. It's not just like a wrong place, wrong time <laughs> situation. far from that, yes. Uh, but at the same time, he hasn't been in any trouble with the law. And I think that w no matter whether it's a college or a pro team, a lot of these places essentially say, are we, like, are we the justice system or do mm -hmm. we trust the law? Um, and so... I don't know. It's a it's a weird situation, and it is absolutely wild that amidst all of this, he goes out and scores forty one and hits the game winner in overtime. Yeah, I know it's crazy, man. Um, I'm glad that we don't have to cover that situation. I'll say that. I know. Uh, DCB says we're tied at forty six oh. with two minutes left. What's Stanford ranked? They're like number three. Oh come this on! This would be a massive win. Yeah. Come on, Buffs. Um, Jeremy right there asks, what is the DMVR plan for spring game? We're still working on that. We'll update you hopefully in the next week or so. Yep. Um, next question. From PD Swag. Question, does the Sean Lewis style of offense translate well to the NFL, particularly for QBs? Will it help Shador at the next level? Um, I mean, I'm sure it'll help him as a player. I don't know if the actual style of offense is translatable to the NFL. Though. So thanks to Patrick Mahomes. We've stopped doing the thing where we say, well, this this isn't an NFL offense. Right. You know what I mean? Um, it's one of the only reasons why Patrick Mahomes went as late as he did is, oh, it's Texas Tech. It's the air raid. He just put up a bunch of numbers there. Uh, and Andy Reid and a couple other coaches uh, essentially said, I don't care about that. Look at this guy's arm talent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he can do anything. And so they went and, and, and traded up to get him because they felt everyone else was sleeping on him. Um, ever since then, I haven't really heard that narrative of, well, is this really an NFL-style offense? Because one, what I just mentioned. Two, the 
the college game is actually setting the the standard now for what yeah. the NFL is experimenting with. I mean, it's a trickle up in yes, football. It, it High is. school up. Yes. I mean, you know, have you ever seen this the special on the Philly special? Uh, no, but I'd love to hear more. It's all about essentially how a guy in a high school used it. Oh yeah, and that got For that sure. went up to a guy in a college, and that went up to you know oh, to yeah. Doug Peterson. Um, and and speaking of Doug Peterson, he was kind of on the forefront uh, when that in that first Eagles Super Bowl when he had Carson Wentz playing at an oh, MVP level. Very RPO heavy. It was all college concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember might have even been Vance. Joseph, who was the quarterback or the uh, coach at the time, essentially saying like, yeah, there's a lot of this like gimmicky college stuff going on right now. And it's like now the whole NFL is that. Didn't the Eagles put 50 on the Broncos that year too? Yes, they (laughs) did. Um, So it's it's funny because now college football is the same as the NFL. Um, And I, I guarantee you some of the stuff that Sean Lewis is running and there'll be something new he puts in this year. That you'll see on a Sunday later in the season. For sure. Um, so I'm not worried about that. I will say there's a lot of quick game in this offense, um, which doesn't necessarily directly translate to NFL's uh, NFL throws. He's not going to have to make quite as many tight window throws as you have to make in the NFL. These are all good things for Colorado. Right. Um, and, and, and so I don't necessarily think that narrative matters as much anymore, mm-hmm. but... I think you'll see you'll see him get an opportunity to put everything on display. To that point, I think I, what I meant was the pace of play is not translatable to the NFL. No. You can't run 90 plays a game in the NFL. It just doesn't work out that way. Clock <laughs> runs all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one minute left. Oh, come on. Down by two. Um, next one. Angela again, Jake and RK. Is it fair to say that CU can now recruit on the level of Bama and Georgia? CU beat out Oklahoma and West Virginia for X Weaver. It was easy work. Oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about uh, the recruit that listed the top five. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, um, yes, I would say first they have to enter the conversation a little bit below Bama and Georgia. Bama and Georgia are obviously the cream of the crop. Um, I said top five is what I'm expecting this year. Mm-hmm. There's a, a whole other level to get up to number one. But I certainly believe they can get in conversations and beat out those schools on a one-to-one basis. Mm-hmm. They're just, in my opinion, probably not going to be able to do it on a whole class basis quite right. at that level just yet. But if you look at a bunch of these top fives and stuff that are coming out, they're knocking on the door. That's um, what I mean. Is like They're going to beat out Bama and Georgia for a player this yes. year. Uh, but the thing is, like, what was the five stars? It was like... Bama got 21 or something. Yeah. Uh, like and, not and even close. No one else had more than like five. Yeah. that you, It's hard to get up to that level. Right. Um, on that, Aaron Butler, who is a four-star athlete in this upcoming class, 75th overall player according to 247 Sports Composite, seventh athlete overall. List of top five, Bama, Georgia, <laughs> there you go. Oregon, Washington, CU. Interesting uh, list there. Yeah. And... Great to be on it. The first line of his 247 Sports Scouting Report from Greg Biggins says, Butler is a dangerous two-way player who could end up at corner or receiver in college. Why not both? (laughs) There you go. Only one place you could do it, my guy. Exactly. We'll see. Um, But recruiting news never stops. All right, we got a handful more questions. I got to get moving soon. So Jeff Nelson What's up, fellas? Need a prediction of CU win this year. I got them at seven wins in the next year at eight. I've um, decided something, Jake. Yes? I'm not doing any more win predictions until our last show before the season starts. Can I also follow in that, yes. that suit? Okay, great. Because I started this, and then I moved up, and then I moved up. And then yep, I, moved, yep. I, I, I don't want to keep moving my, my prediction. So our last show before the season, we'll put our official – uh, we could maybe even go game by game. Yeah, sure. And give our official win projection. Projection. So there you go. Uh, Alfredi, Arcade, did you feel like they are a championship coaching staff? Yes. Um, I've I've never seen a coaching staff that all if you close if you made all of their voices the same, 
you wouldn't have known who was who was talking. One hundred percent. Um, they're so much on the same page, and not in like a cliche repeating the company line type of way. Just like a everyone understands the mission, everyone understands the message, everyone understands the goal, and they're all talking about achieving it in the same way. Uh, and, and you know, it's it just goes back to leadership. Uh, and, and obviously, who was it that just talked about Coach Prime as a leader? Was it Bill O'Boyle? Uh, it was multiple. Someone mentioned the number one word that comes to my mind when I think of Coach Prime is leader. Um, and I think it might have been Sean Lewis, actually. And I think that shines through in what I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. He leads in such a fashion that everyone understands exactly where they're going and uh, bill o'boyle said he, everyone knows exactly where they stand with him at all times there's yep. no bullshit there's no beating around the bush uh and so yeah I, i've never seen a coaching staff so for lack of a better term on brand with each other yep they're definitely on the same page the message has been received it's pretty cool it's actually really cool to see it is um a lot of times with these coaching staffs, you get to places where they, each guy you can tell thinks they could do it better. Right. The ego. Yes. A hundred percent. And the defensive coordinator doesn't really think the offensive coordinator knows what he's doing. And the wide receiver coach thinks he should be the offensive coordinator. Right. Right. And the offensive coordinator thinks he should be the head coach. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Like I've mm. literally seen that happen in Boulder. Yep. This does not feel that way at all. I mean, coach Bartoloni, who, goes from being the offensive coordinator to being the wide receivers coach, spoke glowingly about Sean Lewis. Oh, yeah. There wasn't an, a, a sliver of me that thought he was thinking I'm, I could do it better than Sean For Lewis. Sure. He's just like, everyone has their own spin on it, and I love Sean's spin on it. Yeah. It's cool. Um, it's really cool, man. Uh, it's a definitely a special coaching staff. It's been a lot of fun already. I can't wait to see as we move on. Last question. From Bryant, what does it mean when a recruit has been reoffered? So when a recruit was offered by last coaching staff and they get offered by this staff, that's being reoffered. Yeah, so you'll have guys who, you know, obviously Coach Prime's giving out offers for 26, 27 right now, right? Yeah. Um, the same thing was true of the previous staff. Mm-hmm. So that guy holds a Colorado offer. He's going to find out from this new new coaching staff whether or not it still stands. If right. it does, he's quote-unquote reoffered. Yep. There you go, guys. Uh, good show. I'm this, already excited for next Thursday's show. I know. Uh, this was great. Again, shout out to uh, the, t- the uh, team up there at CU for making this possible. It was a really enlightening mm-hmm. day. Uh, and, I mean, no surprise here, but it just made me more more excited about this team. Same here. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun as we move through this offseason. About a month away from spring practices, Ryan. Football is it's coming. It's creeping towards us. Almost there. Um, shout out to everyone watching. We're about 500 viewers right now, so 220 likes? I feel like we should have a little bit more, maybe. We could, we could do better than that. Uh, also, guys, we do have the actual podcast version of this show, and we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app and consider leaving a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, normal time. Till then, guys, go Buffs. Go Buffs.